The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to In Discussion, guests James Yunan and Jamal Bishara chart the persecution of the Christians in the Middle East from early beginnings to the present day. My guests today, James Yunan and Jamal Bishara, join me to discuss the history of the persecution of the Christians in the Middle East. This journey charts the conditions under which the Christians and Muslims coexist to the present day across the Arab nations and throughout the world. Gentlemen, welcome. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I understand that you have both been involved in a, a demonstration in yes. in recent days. Would you like me to would you like to uh, let me know what occurred there and what the purpose was? Well, the purpose of the um of the demonstration was to show the world uh, about the persecution and, and the injustice that has been going on in the Middle East for a long time and uh, the human rights uh, of the people there, especially the Christians, have been violated and nothing has been done uh, for centuries uh, as of yet. And uh, at least from the time that the UN started, uh, or was established until now there has not been any uh, words about the persecution that the Christian has suffered uh, in the Middle East and throughout the Muslim world what was the what was the outcome of that demonstration well we got uh, just very uh, uh, maybe 30 second shot at the uh, ABC television at this point but we do not know the impact uh, of that uh, later on. The interviews were not aired as far as uh, speaking about it. Uh, you know, it wasn't aired at all. And so that kind of concerned me. Let me ask you, or let me begin the conversation this way. I've been researching this whole area. And... It is obvious that the Christians have been um, rather pushed out of society right. in the Middle East, mm-hmm. um, particularly uh, in recent times, particularly mm-hmm. since the 1920s, um, so that you are now uh, really looking at a picture in the Middle East, uh, and, and I'm not sure about the rest of the world, but in the Middle East where you you have probably 10% of Christians living in that region. If that, if that. Now, tell me about that. Why is this? Why is this occurring? And from my research, it looks as if Lebanon is the source of the history of this of this topic. Um, but I've also been looking at the situation in Iraq, 
which mm-hmm. seems to be quite dreadful. Can Absolutely. you can you can you uh, uh, give me some definition for well, our listeners, David? If we look into the Christian history, um, the first uh, four centuries, we particularly first two centuries, we see that um, the apostles and that whom they also appointed to go out to the world and preach the gospel. Uh, the reason why I'm going there uh, pre uh, in, in time is because within that era, within that time. Pretty much the 22 Arab countries were, were pretty much Christian land, people who believed in Christ. Um, 570, the birth of the Prophet Muhammad came along, and then he started the, the, uh, the movement of Islam. Uh, it started with call on the name of God, and then next thing you know, he went on um, to pretty much take over the land. that, And, and this all started in Saudi Arabia. Mecca and Medina went back to Mecca and it started all that chaos. And I'm using the word chaos because uh, he went on to Iraq, he went on to Jordan, he went on to Palestine, he went on to Syria, he went on to Egypt and on and on the rest of the uh, Arab countries. And we know today they went beyond the Arab countries such as Iran, uh, such as Indonesia and, and lands like that, all around Africa, southern Africa. And uh, what he did is he wanted to turn this Christian faith into an Islamic faith. Uh, it was done uh, by force. In other words, they will give you three options. One of the options is you either become a Muslim or die or die. That's the second option. The third option or pay al-jizya. Al-jizya is an Arabic word for taxing. You pay taxes. Now, if you pay taxes, then you are pretty much agreeing with the land. So Lebanon fell into that, but it started way before the, the concept of 1920. This has started 1400 years ago at the movement of Islam to conquer the world uh, in the name of their God, Allah. Um, and Lebanon be, it was a very recent country. The most recent country was a Christian country, was Lebanon. And we see that Islam had went in there and took over by force again. And what I'm saying force, we're talking about a sword and a shield and spears and, and pretty much kill in the name of Allah. That was the idea. Uh, and that's how we see people, what they did is they, they end up leaving their hometowns. Iraqi people, they have to leave Iraq. The Lebanese had to leave Iraq. Right now, as I... Uh, interviewed a couple of people in the demonstration last Sunday. They said, where are we supposed to go? This is our homeland. The Copts is the original inhabitants of, of, of Egypt. Now we are being driven away. Um, and I don't know if, if, if Jamal Bishara had mentioned that this incident that had happened, it happened on the evening of Christmas. Now, the, the, the Copts are Orthodox Copts. They celebrate their Christmas uh, on the, the 7th of January. So this is the evening of, of 6th of January, you know, the mass of the evening uh, night. Uh, six to eight people were killed. Over 27 people were injured. Um, why? This is a question that we want to know, and we want to get the message out there. Why are you doing this? You see, uh, are we carrying uh, the same message that was uh, 1,400 years ago and we carrying on until today to persecute the Christians, to kill them, to destroy them, pretty much to eliminate them? That's, that's the whole idea, David. In the, in the present day, why don't we uh, turn our focus to Iraq? What is happening in Iraq? And, and I, I have some statistics here. It's saying that... Uh, in 2005, the number of Christians in Iraq was as high as 800,000. And by early 2008, it, had dro- it dropped by half, by 
and in some ways citing the U.S. occupation as to being part of the reason why that has occurred. Would you, would you say that that is, is true to an this extent? Is, this is the, the case. Uh, under the old regime, of course, as much as it was uh, pretty much uh, harsh and hard, there was an order. Uh, Saddam understood that he could be devastated if he did not have an iron fist. Mm -hmm. And he had an iron fist. And uh, he was non-religious, even though he was Muslim, uh, but he was non-religious leader and political leader of the country. Christians felt safe that he holds a political agenda, like almost communism. And uh, they don't have any fear of their religion being eliminated at all, but protected, as a matter of fact. So there was that many people and maybe more, okay, 800,000. Now, with the coming of the U.S. Uh, over there, uh, the uh, Saddam is dead now. There is no more uh, this strong leader in Iraq. So now you have a big fight between Sunni and Shiite Muslims. Who is going to uh, rule? So the Shiites are the majority. They're going to rule. The Sunnis still want to fight for their position. Mm -hmm. So you have Sunni, Shia, and then you have the Kurdish people. Kurdish people are Sunnis. But the Sunnis, the Arab Sunnis, hate the Kurdish Sunnis. So they have a fight between these two. So between these uh, three factions, there is this Christian uh, group in there that uh, they become the, uh, 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 where everybody pours their anger on, okay? And, and so from, uh, you, you said maybe there is 400,000. I'm, I'm going to say the last statistics I, he I heard over there, there is barely 100,000 left. Right. So, so the, the, why? The question is why? Because they are being slaughtered. Each group, except for the Kurdish, at the, at, until this point, I feel the Sunnis and the Shiites have targeted pouring their anger on the Christians. And so what they want to do, because the, the Sunnis lost their power, so they're going to devastate the Christians because they consider America as a Christian. And so they want to do that. And, and you know, uh, it says that this, the, the number had dropped after America, after we went into Iran. And, and that's not true. The number has been dropping since, again, Islam had went and conquered Iraq. Right here, David, in my hands, I have a document that I searched the web to see if actually this is a, a copy of, of any. I couldn't find any. Actually, it says in Arabic, which is a calling before it's too late, if I'm translating yes. this uh, properly. Where it says, David, let me read a little section of it very quickly. It says, the reason why Assyrians, and is referring to the Assyrians of Iraq, uh, kept their identity after the uh, advent of Islam is because the later honored and the agreement which uh, were concluded between the Assyrians and the Muslims before the later entered Iraq, which is the Muslims. In particular, at this time of Prophet Muhammad, who was born in 570 AD in the city of Mecca. Prophet Muhammad wrote a letter to the head of the Assyrian Christians in which he asked them to accept Islam as their religion. 
Well, the head of the Assyrian Christian, accompanied by Bishop Mar Yulaha, uh, visited the Prophet during which both parties agreed the Assyrian Christians uh, would have to pay tax in return for keeping their religion and exercise their own traditional uh, traditions freely. The agreement was signed by Prophet Muhammad himself together with uh, some Muslim leaders, and I have the names. Uh, if you want, I will read them to you. Uh, the agreement was written in Farsi language, and copies of it were kept in uh, with Christians or by Christians uh, for centuries. In 1517, the Sultan of Constantinople, Salim, visited Baghdad, uh, established 763 AD. The document says, uh, it said that Patriarch Marshimon IV paid a visit to Sultan and showed him a copy of the agreement. The Sultan told the Patriarch that the said agreement uh, has a historic significance and should be kept in the Constantinople uh, Central Library. And it is there. Actually, the original copy uh, is kept in Istanbul Central Library there. And if I would look through, <coughs> I'll show you what, th what this agreement is all about, that no Muslim ought to uh, hurt any Christian of Iraq. Uh, they were not to go into their worship place, the, the churches, and burn it, not, not even to go into their homes and force them, since they have already are paying taxes. Um, the Muslim ought to protect the Christians if they're under siege by any, you know, or on, and if anyone is attacking them, the Muslims will protect them. And in a similar concept, the Christian ought to protect the Muslims, and on and on. And it was kept. Uh, why the Muslims of today are breaking this contract, they're breaking this agreement, David? Can I just uh, respond with a um, statement made, made on October the 25th by a Palestinian columnist, uh, Al Nasser Al Najjar, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, who wrote a column for the Palestinian Daily focusing on the persecution of Christians in Arab countries. Um, he himself, a Muslim, warned that the expulsion of Christians and the attempt to denounce them as infidels was causing great damage to the Arab culture, of which Christians are an essential and original part. In his article, he criticized the fact that no one dared to come to the help of persecuted Christian minorities in the Middle East and condemned the unwillingness of Arab intellectuals, the elite, non-government organizations and leaders of the private sector. Uh, what is that saying to us? I mean, is this becoming more of a political battle? Uh, it is. Islam is politics. They want a kingdom. That's the mentality. He saw right. what Muhammad saw. He saw the Jewish people having a kingdom of David, and he saw that the Arabs were tribalistics. So he came with that concept of Islamic kingdom. And that is where the concept is, we need to look at it from political standpoint of view. Islam is more political than it is religious, okay? Because the Christian believe in God, that there is one God. The Jews believe there is one God. So if you're trying to say we are a religion that established the oneness of God, that is absolutely wrong because he has the Jews before him, and there was the Christian before him, before even Islam was established. So if he came to reform the, uh, the, uh, the peninsula, the, uh, the Arabic peninsula there, okay, there was idol worship. He could have reformed that. But why then to shun his wars against Christians and against 
uh, Jews. So the idea was not really the idea of let's spread that there is one God. For the Jews believe in one God, Christians believe in one God, but the idea is I want a kingdom and he wants to be the head of that kingdom. And they never stopped until today. We see them in Europe, particularly in England. I was going to say, yes. if the Christians are leaving Iraq, leaving Iran, um, leaving neighboring countries, <clears throat> is that because of a uh, mixture of genocide and because the, they are physically leaving those countries? It's genocide. There is a pressure, economical pressure, political pressure, religious pressure, and educational pressure. So if you cannot be what you want to be, why would you want to be there? And so those pressures are done by the Arabs themselves who are Muslims against the Arabs who are Christians. And I'm, I'm glad that you said that the original culture, uh, the original culture was uh, uh, that Mr. Najjar said that Christianity is part of the Arabic culture. As a matter of fact, the ones that preserve the Arabic language, and we have an Arabic language for us today, is because of the Christians exactly. who preserved the Arabic language. But these people have put into their minds that we are Westerners, somehow Westerners, because the West is Christianized or has been Christianized, and they are Christians, so thus they relate us with the Westerners. This is a political move to bring forth a genocide. Nothing more, nothing less than that. Assyrians suffered in 1920 in Iraq, big devastation. None of the world stood with them. None. Exactly. You see? Can I, can I just counter you on one thing? <clears throat> you had mentioned when Iraq was still under control from Saddam Hussein's government that and I know your background uh, James before you left there right. that uh, as awful as that regime was uh, Christians felt to an extent safe yes as long as they paid their taxes remained very quiet they, they felt safe they were treated very well as far as safety uh, they are not treated any better than any other person. If they turn against him, he will devastate him too. But he knew they were peaceful people. So in other words, what I'm reading out of that is that there are definite uh, humanitarian uh, disadvantages or a massive downside to our uh, occupation of that area. Well... Uh, uh, allow me to say something, Brother Jamal. Uh, the idea is the Christians at the time of Saddam, they were also persecuted, but not in an indirect way, if you recall our interview uh, previously. In a, um, we discussed about that. They were under persecution, but not as if it's today. There were not churches being bur uh, burned. Um, if you're a Christian, you're not going to be killed. Uh, your child, uh, your daughter child is not going to be abducted and molested and then killed to, 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 to the extreme as if it's done today. Um, here, here, I want to tell the world to understand Okay, if we're going to look at America and we're going to say, okay, you believe that America is a Christian land and the army came and they are occupying Iraq. Let's say that is true. 
and what they're doing. They're killing the people and on and on and so forth, right? That's what they claim. But okay, let's look at our Bible and see what these people are actually doing. Is it the Christian way? Is that what Christ had taught? Is that what the apostles had taught? And of course not. But then when we look at what Islam had done and we go to their manual, which is the Quran, is that what the Quran taught? Yes. Kill those who don't believe in Allah in the last day until they believe in Allah and his messenger. Uh, chop their head off and the tip of their fingers off. The angels will instill terror into the hearts of the non-believers, i.e. is referring to the Jews and the Christians, you know, and the Sabi'een. I don't know, if, you know, that word is also mentioned in the Quran. Uh, so when we look at their manual and compare it to the Bible or when we look at the Quran and we see that a direct order from supposedly Allah to kill the non-believers. And then when we look at the Bible, it says, do not even hate them, but pray for your persecutors. You see, now, if America is a Christian land or the action that they have done because they were trying to overcome Islam, they're obviously not using the Christian manual, the Bible. You follow the point here? So how can I say, uh, well, the, the, the Iraqi Muslims or, or the world, the Islamic world, they say, well, you are crying over certain people died in Egypt, but you're forgetting what had happened in Iraq. Well, what had happened in Iraq has nothing to do with faith, with belief. What had happened in Egypt, that is because of the name of Allah, you're killing these Christians. You see, we went to Iraq to liberate Iraq, and, and as Americans, we did, and we did liberate it, and we are liberating it, and we are building it. It's going to take time, as I said. It's going to take probably a whole generation, David. So I cannot really uh, blame America on what had happened to the Christians of Iraq. Christians of Iraq, they have been under persecution 1,400 years ago until today. And me being an Iraqi, being an Assyrian, lived there until I was 17, uh, I know what is it like, you see. Um, it wasn't a direct persecution, as I said again. The churches were not burning as today, but because there's a chaos right now. There's no order right now. Now, let's just say that we were protected under Saddam's regime. What's stopping the same Muslims of killing us today? What happened to them? So are they blaming to America? America is coming here and kill. That's, that's ludicrous. That, that really doesn't make sense to me. You see, America is there asking them to help them, you know, to build your country, to build your land. Now, okay, let's go a point further, David. Forget about Christian and Islam, Islam persecuting Christianity. What about the Shiite killing Muslims and the uh, uh, Sunnis and the Sunnis killing Shiite? Where is that coming from? Again, if we go back to their manuals and we see that this is happening before time, you know. This is this is all great, okay. But the the at the end of the day, we have effectively a genocide. It is exactly okay. It is a genocide. So, uh, forgive me if I'm I'm not thinking straight here, because I do understand what you're saying about the liberation. I I understand the philosophy and the methodology behind that. I understand, given its history, what America and its allies have attempted to do. Mm -hmm. But should we not consider now the, the broader picture of what is occurring there? Because if this is not just a, a religious problem, but it's also a political one, and probably more political than uh, and, and of a 
power hungry uh, um, world world here. Sure, sure. How are these things going to be changed? If if we are seeing Christians being literally expelled out of the Middle East, how? Are we going to be able to fulfill our commitments in liberating that area if we don't have any Christians left to not govern it, to, but to at least be part of the societal structure? Christ, Christians are part of the society. And, and Islam and Muslims have to understand they are the glue of society. The ones that are running the government, it doesn't matter it doesn't matter whether it is a republic like Egypt or it is dictatorship uh, like Iran. Those who are controlling the, the, the politics in there are the mosques. And every political leader in the Arab country is afraid of these people. Yep. And they are not the most educated either. Some of them are educated, some of them are not. I don't know, when you take a doctorate degree in nothing, you become a doctor of nothing, you know, and, and there is nothing in the Quran to give you to be a scholarly with, except in what? In their faith. And that does not make you a scholar, per se, if you make you more fundamentalist to kill your other constituency in your country. That makes you less educated and, and, and more ignorant person than you can ever be. Education ought to give us a sense of morality, a sense of value to the other person. And education in the Islamic world has not brought any of these two senses, but brought more of let's kill, let's annihilate, let's remove. These are the infidels. Infidels of what? What are they worshiping? Does anybody know how Christian worship? Who does he worship? Did anybody see a Christian just going around being an immoral person in the street? I haven't seen that throughout the, the Middle East. They have been the exemplified citizen of any country they go to. And that is the, the beauty about the Middle Eastern Christians. So they are the glue of society. But when we go, the reason why I blame the United States is sometimes the Western world thinks at their level, okay, at their, at their own uh, level, at their own philosophy. But they don't look at the philosophy of others before they go trying to fix the issue. Like, for instance, I can guarantee you a lot of the Shiite Muslims have talked to the United States and say, come and help us uh, liberate uh, Iraq right. uh, from, from this Saddam. Right. And now they went in uh, to liberate him. Okay, liberate him from Saddam to put who in, in charge? Somebody that has no power, a government that is a split, no there is faction. There is faction between, it's a tribalistic society in there. Who is going to be the head of that? And there is no consensus in there. So they did not study the society before they went there. But that, has that not always been the case over the centuries? It, it has been. A simple look at this. A simple problem in the Middle East, which is the Palestinian issue. England and America can fix it in one day, 
in one day. They can fix that in one day. Hmm. And the whole Palestinian people saying, you guys say the word and everything will be fixed. Nobody is saying the word. Nobody is fixing the issue. And every other country using this place to cause a problem and make it, it's because of the Palestinians. This problem can be fixed in one day, guaranteed. All the United States has to say, or England have to say, is guys, they get a state, and that's the final word, and self-determination. Are you talking about segregating uh, or splitting up countries like Iraq? Uh, no, I'm talking about like in Israel, because a lot of people using that, that issue to cause so much problem in the Middle East, like in Jordan, in Iraq, in Lebanon, in Syria, in here. Fix that one simple problem and let the Arab world think you as a Western world is not colonial anymore. You're seeking really the freedom of other nations, okay? And give the three million or four million Palestinian self-determination. If people have been without self-determination for 60 years, they're neither citizens of Israel, and Israel doesn't want them as citizens. They're neither citizens of Jordan. Jordan doesn't want them. And so here is, and we're fighting for freedom. We say we are freedom fighters. We want freedom, democracy to go throughout all the world. Well, give these people the democracy and the freedom and let them self-determine themselves. Then we fix this problem. We put an X on this problem. Now we go to the Arab world. Okay, what is your problem? Why are you still causing problems? Then we can deal with issues of, of human rights, like to the Iraqis, human rights to the Lebanese, to the Syrians, other countries in there. Where there is fairness and justice, there will be a blessing. There will be a blessing. But there has not been fairness and justice in the world. Yeah, but, uh, and everybody I, is self-seeking for their own interests. Let, let, me, let me interrupt here for a second. Uh, why this had to be America or England business to fix their humanitarian issues. Okay. Now, we can understand in Palestine, as, as you have just uh, mentioned, mm. we can understand in Iraq, as we have been talking about earlier, but what about in Egypt? Have America entered in there? Did any Christian went in there? Is there any evangelical movement in, in, in Egypt or well, even in Morocco? There is evangelical movement, but it is but not. But not to the point that Christians ought to be persecuted and being right, killed. Right. So the, the, the problem that I'm, the, the, the message that I want to, to, to our listeners to, to get is why are you or why the Muslims are still killing the Christians just because they are Christians? And, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Brother Jamal. If, if, if I'm wrong, just, just go ahead and say, they took these people and they, 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 in the court, they were persecuted, you know, pretty much, they were just saying, why did you kill these people? They said, simply because they are Christians. As of like, if you're Christians, it's okay to be killed. And, and that's, that's, that's the whole thing. Now, I can understand it in Iraq, the mentality of the Muslim people, we are retaliating. In Palestine, we are retaliating. But what are they retaliating in Morocco? in Algeria, in Egypt, just recently, as we talked about. Uh, that's, that's the thing that we want to let them know. Listen, you cannot just kill people in the name of your Allah. That simply is going to tell the world that you are wrong. 
And if you don't care about the world, which they don't, David, they do not care about what the world think about them. You see? Then don't mind us. Go in there and correct you or fix you or, or you know what, pretty much, how would you like if this happens to you? It's not a Christian way. We do not fight against flesh or blood, as, as the scripture says. But then again, how are we going to, 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 to solve this issue? Are we going to get persecuted and persecuted, persecuted? We, because I'm a Christian, you are a Christian, Brother Jamal. Are we going to get persecuted over and over? And, and Well, the, Islam, the Islamic schools have to make fatwas. Fatwas mm-hmm. is solutions, religious solutions. And they have to make a, a, a worldly announce or world announcement or announcement to the world to say that our religion is not a, a promoting genocides against anybody. And they have to make that statement. Until now, they haven't made a statement of such. Mm. So in turn, their religion is promote genocides. Western culture promote a, a democrat, democratic system. Right. They promote uh, self-determination. They promote independence. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they want to come to Europe. European thinks right now that these people are going to come and be democratized. Mm-hmm. Uh, America is going to uh, thinking they are going to come here and get democratized. Right. Uh, the opposite is going to happen. They are good at when there are a small amount of group of people to be under a society and act like the society. But once they become large number, if their philosophy is against your opinion, against your religion, then they are not, uh, they don't fit into a free society. So they become a Illegal to enter into free society to turn it into uh, absolute controlled society. Uh, you know, uh, dictatorship. That's what I meant. And so that will make it illegal, really, under the constitutions of any European country to get these people in there. For instance, what happened in Sweden? What a journalist wrote in Sweden. And he did not put on that picture Muhammad. He put somebody looked like uh, with the long nose and all of that with the bomb on his head. What did they do? They rose up and they created a big havoc. They even attacked the Swedish embassy. They weren't able to do that until they grew in number and now their voice is reaching out to the outermost parts of the world. They go to Europe and they get married. They don't listen. I mean, they get married for this is written in their manual and I call it a manual. It's not a, it's not a holy book, but you know, whatever. It's written in the Quran that states you can marry one, two, three, four or whatever. So they come here to America or they go to Europe and they married four women at least and divorce whoever they, if it gets old, if she doesn't cook right or whatever, you know. And they keep on remarrying for what reason, for what purpose? So they keep getting children. Their children grow old and they teach their children to hate the, 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 the Western society, hate the Christians, hate the Jews, hate the world. Not necessarily Christians and Jews at this point in our life, but hate even the Asians people. Especially the Crusaders. The Crusaders, absolutely. And then when their voice, when, when they get 
too many in, 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 in number, and, and that's their plan, David. They have a 50-year plan. They come to Europe, they come to United States, and they get married, and they get high in number. And because our system is democratic systems, then guess what? We are going to have votes. We are going, they are going to win votes. And next thing you know, we have, um, how can I put this? I don't want to say a word terrorist as a leader, but rather a person who is just like Ahmadinejad, who runs the United States of America. And it's not too far from, from, from happening. You think that that's a reality? Isn't that reality that you can vote and, and if you have the most votes, you win? It is reality, but the Western world is not able to see it as a reality. Let me they, they're still not seeing it as reality. How about in, in, in London, in England? In England right now. A, a Muslim can demonstrate, can say, I want to kill, can say, a lot of bad things. But put me a, a British person to say those things, they will put him in jail. They will put him in prison. That's why you have a mass exit of British people leaving the country and leaving and going to Spain or any other European country. Mm -hmm. They got fed up already with that. And we're not too far behind him here in the United States. Well, they are not. Well, uh, that was the question I was going to pose, therefore, is... If all the Christians are leaving the Middle East, and it certainly looks that they're either persecuted, killed, or they leave, where are they going? European country, Australia, America, Canada. Okay. So let me ask you this question. You said earlier in the program, James, that it will possibly take up to or longer than a generation for us to fulfill the original objectives and, and remits that we had when we went into Iraq. But on the other hand, you're, you're, you're saying here that the Muslim um, society is purposefully infiltrating Western countries. Yes. Well, which of the two are going to win out and 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 when? <laughs> well, I'll tell you one thing. In either way, we as Christians, we as non-Muslims are going to lose. In either way, if their generation... See, when I spoke about it will take a generation for people of Iraq to that we can see the fruit of it of what we're doing today. The, the, that being what exactly? Well, the educating them, uh, uh, trying to show them that, look, we, you're not ought to kill your neighbors. Uh, do not be a dictatorship. Uh, do not be under fear anymore. You can live in a free society with, with the Shiite, the Shiite with, the, with the Sunni, the Sunni with the Christian, and on and on. Uh, it will take up to that. And the, th the reason why, because this is the young generation growing. But if you take and uh, what we discussed that here what's happening in, in the United States of America or in Europe, this is the old people that they still have uh, uh, the same mentalities as, as their parents had taught them. You see, um, and that is, is, is to hate the Christians. In Iraq, the young generation is going to blossom and will see it differently than what we're having them here in America. When a Muslim come into America, they have in their mind, or Europe, and I'm not excluding the rest of the world by, by all means, uh, they have a mentality of taking over. 
how are we going to take over in a democratic society? And we're not too far from it. Um, we are putting people that they're Muslims. Uh, to the point, uh, David, it got to the point that we cannot use the name of God in the English language, but they can use the name of Allah in the Arabic language here in America. And if we're not seeing that, then, you know, we must be blind. Okay, let, let me just uh, counter again with this. What you are saying to me is that it would take a generation for some sort of uh, organized society in Iraq and other countries around it so that they can live with a structured society, structured set of economics, mm -hmm. um, social order. But are you saying that that is only going to serve their purposes? It's only going to make them stronger, but it's not necessarily going to serve Western countries like uh, the UK, like America, Canada. No. It's definitely, definitely is not going to serve the Western countries. They, they, definitely not. It is for their own good. And within that, David, we cannot exclude their belief. See, again, as, as, as Jamal had it's mentioned, that's yes. their constitution. You cannot separate their religion from, from, from state. He, he can't. They, their belief is... Uh, look it's at, a kingdom mentality. Exactly. It's a kingdom it's mentality. Exactly. That's what it is. Um, I'll grow up and take over, go burn everything else and come back and take slaves and kill them and destroy them, uh, pretty we, much. That, uh, that's fine. But, but let me put this to you. Uh, in, in all the centuries... Have we ever seen any country from the Middle East come over and invade good old England or the United States or well, Canada? They came, they came very close. They but came very close in the 8th century before Charlemagne the Great was able to, to stop the progress. They went to Spain. See, I'm, I, I'm, I'm just being devil's advocate. No, I understand. But, I'm, but, I'm, I'm, just wondering, I'm just wondering how they... To, to me, I want to try and understand how the Islamic faith can be so uh, radical like this. What, it, what is it that is creating such deep belief in the things that they do? They, they wish, each Muslim wished to build a mosque, each Muslim. That will be, if you ask a Muslim, what is your greatest goal in life? He will tell you to build a mosque. It's almost like an Englishman's castle. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, in their mind, they are producing evangelists. A child, a mom, and a dad. All of them are trained. <coughs> they, they have to spread Islam. Okay? The issue with the Christians, they have the same mentality, but we don't look at it from a political standpoint. Okay, or trying to de devastate a society. As a matter of fact, wherever Christianity went, the society bloomed and increased in number and uh, increased in prosperity and progress. Okay, but if you look at all the Islamic countries around, you don't see any progress. There is no place for free thought. If you ever think a free thought, Outside this Quran, 
you are a target, whether you are a Muslim or not, you become a target to be killed, poisoned, or asked to leave. So there is no freedom in there. So that goes against any constitution in Europe. Look, for instance, what they are doing, the Ashura, that they are celebrating now in Europe. I think it was, I wonder if it is in the Scandinavian countries there. You know, where they are beating themselves with the sword. Here they are celebrating something happened to one of their uh, quote-unquote sons of, of Khalifa. I think <clears throat> it was in the 7th century. And they're still beating themselves up. And they're cutting themselves with the sword. And they're doing that to the kids. Isn't that a scary thought for you as a European to see something like this happen? What if the next day they go beyond that and beyond that and beyond that? It is unnatural to come and cut yourself. The only people who ever cut themselves were uh, idol worshippers. Uh, they will cut themselves, if you look through history, they will do a lot of devastation for their bodies. To grieve over somebody who, who died in a, a, a immoral way, cry over him, celebrate a memorial, that's fine. But to sit down and cut yourself, beat yourself with the chains of iron, even uh, cut your baby's head to where he is bleeding and say that they are grieving for this, this man. I mean, that's a crazy. It's it, very it is crazy. It's unaccepted in our it, it, It's society. not accepted in our society. That's right. Believe me, if they become large in number, the first thing they want to do when they become 20%, they're going to ask you for Sharia law. That's, that's right. what they're asking for Sharia law right now in, in uh, Canada. They started uh, doing that in Canada. Canada. They did. And they're asking for Sharia law also in England. I don't know if that went through or not, but that's what they ask. And they will ask for Sharia law in uh, Michigan, they're asking also for Sharia law. So your laws become annulled. It's no longer, they are not respecters of any other law beside the Islamic law. Okay, so let me ask. Unless the, you rule them with the hand of iron. Okay, so let me, let me ask this question. Given this situation <clears throat> and given what sounds like atrocious conditions over there still. What do we need to do to change the paradigm? What do we need to do, firstly, from a uh, federal government level with our occupation over there? Uh, we talk about liberation, but, but yeah. really it's occupation at this stage. And, and, and I, I, more than anybody, realize what we're trying to, what we're trying to, uh, to establish. Uh, what have we got to do on all levels to assure that the Middle East has a balance mm -hmm. of uh, um, mm. creeds and cultures and can survive uh, to becoming a peaceful Arab nation again. And that the westernized society over here can be proud to know that it came up with policies that assured 
the safety of not only Christians but the Islamic faith and any other faith involved. Am I right in saying that the government here has to think very differently to way that the, the, the way that it's doing now? Absolutely. They have to. David, you understand that England used to be the empire that the sun does not sit on it. But through the occupations that it did, there was a lot of injustices done. There was this uh, policies separate and uh, divide and conquer. And these policies are, are notorious to any society. They are menace to any society. And we see that, that, you know, it can go for so long and then God has to intervene because God wants justice. Okay? He wants justice. He wants mercy. He wants truth to prevail. And a country that has on, in their foundation, as England has its foundation, the, the Bible. Britain has its foundation, the Bible. France, Italy, all of those, Germany, okay, all these big countries. That's the foundation of, of these states. They were based on biblical morality. Once you get away from that biblical morality, then you become, you open yourself to many attacks. God then has to intervene because if you reflect me, God says, and you are not, then I have to do something because I have to intervene and say, you are not reflecting my justice, my truth, and uh, my mercy. And so thus, I'm going to take, pull my hands off of you. And that is what's happening. Today, there is more agnostics in, in England than there is a Christians. There is hardly anybody goes to churches. Yet, uh, the, the, the Arab world looks at it as the defender of Christianity. That's why they have tried to get the, uh, 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 Charles to head the, uh, the Islamic center of Britain. Uh, because th these are means to shake that. That's why what happened in England when the queen died in that car accident, the whole Arab world thought she was pregnant and she had a baby that was going to rule England and becomes, he will be the first Muslim mm -hmm. to rule England. In their mind, that's how they think. This is how this society thinks. And we got to get out of our uh, ways of thinking and start thinking, uh, rightly, we're dealing with people who thinks this way about me. I cannot sit and say, uh, I'm not going to care about that. This is unreal and block it in my, in my mind. So we need to wake up to that and say, I'm dealing with a society that really thinks of themselves as heirs to my kingdom in here. So it is, I have to protect my land. And I tell you what, it's not by might or power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. It continues to be that way. England needs to bring Jesus Christ back to its schools, back to its universities, back to its churches, back to its society. They kicked him out. You kick the Prince of Peace out, you get war. Same thing France did, the same thing uh, Italy did, everything, everybody did the same thing. The United States of America as well. And United States of America. That's right. So... These countries were founded on Christian principles. And so if you are founded and your name is called by his name, he has to intervene because it's his name is at crisis. So that's number one for this society. Then start doing justice. 
in the world. It's not for me to control your other country through politics and through economic. We know that politics is dirty. I don't know how much of that is being stirred by Western politics to divide, still with that mentality, divide and conquer. If the issue is oil, go buy the oil. If the issue is uh, control, get out of there. Control your own society and change your own society. There is a plenty in the United States that needs to be cleaned in this society. There is poverty. There is people still hungry in this. There is more hungry people in the United States than in many other countries. Mm-hmm. We need to take care of this society. Mm-hmm. So let's clean our house before we go clean somebody else's house. That's what we need to do. That's the policy that we need to adopt. Clean our house first. James, uh, your last words as we near the end of the program. Um, Here's something that I want to say about all means, uh, Brother Jamal Bishara and myself, we're not against the Muslim people in general. That's right. We are against uh, the killing that certain people that they are doing. And they're using their Islamic faith to support their ideas. And they're saying, thus says Allah, therefore we are going to operate under that. That's what the message we're trying to show the world. It is not a hatred message. It is the opposite. It is an awakening message. Listen, I have a document in my hand stating from the Prophet Muhammad, supposedly your Prophet Muhammad, stating that not to hurt the Christians in in, in Iraq. And I'm sure that he had said the same thing about uh, Egypt or or any other uh, places in in the Arabic countries, the 22 Arabic countries and on and on. Uh, Be obedient to your Allah, not in killing, but rather in loving one another care for one another. Our society is not a society of power. If it is, then you don't have the power right now. You will get hurt eventually. You see? Now, if you are threatening the world while you are yet weak, how much more you are going to threat the world when you are stronger? And we want to stop that before they get that far. We want to stop them. We need, we need this awakening to happen to them, David. Stop killing one another and stop killing and persecuting the Christians. They are human beings just like you are. This is their land that you're trying to drive them away from their land. How would you feel if this happens to you? I'm sure you wouldn't like it. And I'm giving this message to the Muslims in the world. I pray to God and only I can pray to God that they listen to this program and understand, okay, I'm a good Muslim. I'm not doing this. Well, speak up. Don't just sit home and say, well, uh, these were certain radical people who did this and I disagree with them. If you disagree with them, write to us. Let us know that you disagree with us. Let your voice come out and say, look, these people are simply radical and what they're doing is wrong. But don't just sit in there, cheer, be cheerleader from their home, from your own home and say that I disagree with them. No, if you don't say nothing about it, you are agreeing with them. So speak up, you know. Shamal, would you like to give us a final statement uh, in the last 30 seconds of the program? Again, uh, the, the, we, were, we are not against uh, uh, Muslims. Uh, we are against the uh, mentality of and the constitution of Islam. If it is to kill and devastate other people, then it is not a religion. Uh, from God, definitely it is not. It would not be a religion from God, and it will be just political to annihilate some other people. That's one. Number two, when you kill uh, Christians in your country, you're killing another Arab. That means uh, you're killing your brother who is uh, of your blood. 
and that's what you're doing. If he wants to believe in Jesus Christ, let him believe that. If you be, want to believe in Muhammad, go ahead and believe that. But don't use your faith to kill some other people. That's called genocide. That's killing your brother. That's killing, devastating your own country. Mm. And we want to stop that. Jamal Bashara and James Yunan are in discussions, cultural and political commentator for the Middle Eastern Affairs. I thank you for being with us on the program today. Thank you thank so you. much, David. And to our listeners, I do hope you have enjoyed this program as much as I have. You can uh, get information on this and any other program in the series at the official website, davidgibbons.org. There's also a fully functional blog, and you can provide questions and feedback, and I'm sure that these gentlemen will be very happy to respond to anything that you have to say. Meanwhile, wherever you are in this world, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. David Gibbons in Discussion welcomes listeners' comments and viewpoints at its blog at davidgibbons.org. This programming is supported by organizations and firms in the private and public sectors. again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the voice america business channel for more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest please visit voiceamericabusiness.com the voice america talk radio network is the worldwide leader in live internet talk radio visit voiceamerica.com the views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by voice america talk radio network its staff and management